With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon live from the Wild Rose Studios. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, they are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Right, good morning everybody and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO with you for the next couple of hours on a busy program today. A lot of football conversation uh, coming up here in the next couple of hours including an in-depth look at uh, tonight's uh, Kent State-Utah State game. In? uh, Where is it? Frisco. Frisco. You actually picked this game, I think, on MC22. I did. did I like this game. I like this game more when it was over a touchdown. It is currently sitting at six and a half. Okay. And because of that, not part of my picks coming your way at about 1145. Well, let's get to that list of things we're going to do on the program today. It's all part of the BMW of Des Moines guest list coming up here in about 15 minutes. We're scheduled to talk to Kenny White. We're going to head to Vegas, get his thoughts on some of these bowl games. Uh, Google Kenny White, Las Vegas. If you want to know his qualifications for being on the radio program, he is the most notable uh, line maker in uh, in Vegas. Uh, set the line there at all the big properties for decades, quite frankly. Kenny White's going to join us, or scheduled to anyways. Uh, hopefully can fit it in here in about 13 minutes. We do know that Dylan Montz will find time for us at the bottom of the hour. We'll catch up with Dylan. Uh, the Cyclones added another piece to their recruiting class. I guess it came right down to the wire. Uh, the kid's last name is Tampa. He's a wide receiver. And Kirby Smart in Georgia came in hard, apparently, on uh, Tuesday night and when georgia calls well you listen you have to listen absolutely listen and you sleep on it and that's what the kid did uh but when he woke up this morning you thought that uh you know what i committed to iowa state iowa state seems like the place for me that's where i'm going and he will as he signs uh here this morning uh so we'll talk to dillamont's about that we'll do some bull stuff with him as well uh cyclones are back on the uh, hardwood i think sunday right is the game sunday for them uh, so we'll see. You haven't seen either of the two uh, in-state schools, the uh, Iowa-Iowa State, uh, since uh, Cyhawk last weekend. We'll see Iowa tomorrow night at 8 o'clock in Chicago on the Big Ten Network against Cincinnati. Uh, but Dillamont's 1030, then Tom Cakert. Speaking of the Hawks, he'll slide in here at 1045. We'll do a look at the Sunday night football game. We'll get both sides' perspective. Nick Athen on the Chiefs. Jeff Hughes to Bears blog at 1110 on the Chicago. Chicago Bears, who he picks to win, by the way. Oh, really? Not He's torn the one on this game. I'm torn on this game. How can you be torn on this I game? Just, I, I agree with you. It it's like seem we're going like down our bowl conversation from yesterday. <laughs> right. Why do I think that these Bears are going to rally around their maligned quarterback that's sick of hearing about? You know, he was the wrong pick at two, and he was. He was. As it's turned out. Um, Is he that beloved? 
In the, in the locker room, I don't know. Right. I don't know. I would like to think that the quarterback is. Well, the if betting, he's not, then they're in deep water. The betting public agrees with me. 89% of the bets coming yeah. in on Kansas City right now. You know, we're, I think the number when we taped our show was four and a half. Yes. It's almost a touchdown. What is it? Six, six and a half. I see six at William Hill right now, and I would guess by kickoff, it's yeah. going to be a touchdown, isn't it? Might be, might be. I mean, uh, when you're getting this Sunday kind of one-way action, mm-hmm. you got to find something. Right. Uh, Bama Bob's going to slide in here for 10 minutes. I can't quit him, uh, and I don't have to yet. <laughs> and we won't. We'll, we'll spend 10 minutes. We've got Clax's Barbecue to give away, and then our picks. Mark Charter uh, looks to right the ship as well. His picks coming up. Uh, they will precede ours just about 10 minutes before the hour of 12 o'clock. Don't forget, next week, Monday, uh, is the at least the beginning of the week, uh, Monday, all the local shows will be on the air and then the 24th and the 25th all four of the local shows are going to be taking a little bit of a break that'll be the same case uh the following week on new year's week we'll take new year's eve off and new year's day off um Gorge on football. Yeah, Glorious college football. And we got a couple of games today, right? The Bahamas Bowl, and mm-hmm. you mentioned the Frisco Bowl. I don't know. <laughs> these these pre-Christmas bowl games. Don't do a whole lot. Yeah. See, I'm excited the, the fact the for the Vegas first Bowl. One. The Vegas Bowl. Over the weekend, for me. yeah. Right. There's intrigue because of, they got a Pac-12 team. That mm-hmm. helps. You couple that with Chris Peterson mm-hmm. in his final game. Right. Going up against, up against his, his former team. Right. Boise State, one of the group of, mm-hmm. one of the better known G5 Absolutely. teams, right? Yeah. And it's more than, I mean, in the beginning, it was because of the blue turf, mm-hmm. but it's certainly grown beyond that, but that's how it began. Um, so yeah, that one's, that one's got my attention a little bit. I always liked the Hawaii Bowl. New Year, well, uh, Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve. Yeah. It was the old Aloha Bowl, which mm-hmm. was Christmas Day for a number of years. Remember the blue gray game oh, at yes. 11 o'clock in the morning for a number of years on Christmas Day? Uh, but yeah, the, um, the uh, Christmas Eve tilt from Hawaii. I'll I'll watch it. I will too. I will be watching. Well, depending on what other people want to have, I think we're going to uh, an uncle's though. He'll he'll have the game on. Yeah, well, we're we're hosting, so yeah. the game will be on at least on the upstairs TV. We're doing our <laughs> Christmas Eve with uh, with my wife's family on uh, on the twenty fourth. So, anyways, uh, the bowl games. Eh, we're underway though. We got college football. We'll talk about. You know, tomorrow Trent is really. Um, it's an overload day. I mean, yeah. there's three NFL games. There's a plethora of college football games, including the Vegas Bowl, which promises to be the best just because, you know, there is one Power 5 team in there. And this is a slight to the, you know, the group of five schools. I get that. Uh, but um, And then, of course, Iowa and Cincinnati from Chicago coming up at uh, 8 o'clock on the Big Ten Network tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Is there a number out yet, or what does Ken Palm have our guesstimate? And he's really good in basketball. I mean, yeah, I when, mean, it's almost exactly really Really what the is. Vegas number is every single time. At so. least it starts there. It's it, the starting point. Before their game with Tennessee, I know Iowa was favored by three of that matchup at Ken Palm. Let's see if it was the Bohannon news out at that point. It was. Now this is not going to change Bohannon news because it's still this is all a numbers data system, and because of that, maybe the point spread will look a little bit different. I wonder. But still sits at three points right now. Iowa three point favorite against Cincy. Well, that's tomorrow night, and uh, we'll certainly see. Cincinnati's got a big, a seven foot one kid, and uh, of course Garza has carried this basketball team, and he's going to be asked to shoulder a little bit more of that weight uh, going forward here without Bohan. It's going to be anxious. To, I'm, I'm anxious to see the lineup that because when they put out the release for this game, did you see what Iowa basketball did? They yeah. named four starters. Four starters. It was like Hoosiers. This, this is my lineup. <laughs> We're good. We only need four. I mean, is Cincinnati that bad? 
<laughs> right, right. Um, what, what do you what do you expect the lineup to be? Uh, well, in fact, what do you want it to be? I want it to be what it is going to be because yesterday during the press conference with uh, Joe Toussaint let the cat out of the bag. Oh, I saw that. Yes. So the game notes said four starters. TB mm-hmm. to be determined on the other. Maybe, and maybe now we're we're finding out why some coaches don't like, like the freshmen to right. talk. Right, Joe, you're not supposed to do that. Not when we're complaining. No, not at all. And it's good to know that. That's certainly what I wanted to see. I told you, Ken. I think earlier this week, I would get. I was going to be very disappointed if Rian went back to the old traditional lineup. Mm-hmm. Two big guys in there, a center, a power forward, having Creener together. Just because Garza has been so effective in yeah. the space that he has now to operate inside or pop outside if need be, coupled with four outside guys with it, I think it works incredibly well with what they're trying to do. Do you have some deficiencies defensively? Yes. Mm-hmm. But now with Toussaint in that lineup, you substitute him for Bohannon on the defensive end of the floor. You can do a whole lot more defensively, I think, because you have a good on-the-ball defender. Both Wieskamp and McCaffrey have shown an ability yep. to guard bigger guys this yep. year. McCaffrey, he'll have his nose right in the middle of things. You know guards of what he can do. So I think this team, you're losing a lot with Bohannon, not just the shooting, but some of those intangible things, but you're gaining a whole lot on the defensive end. Who will be the first guy off the bench? I mean, I get that the situation's going to... It'll be Creener. It will be still, yeah. you think? Yeah, That's think pretty probably. much been the way that they have gone. Mm-hmm. But they're at a spot now. They need to get something out of Cordell Pemsel. Is this physical? Boy, Trent, you saw him in uh, at, at, in Ames yeah. at Hilton last, well, to, I guess, a week ago last night. I mean, it, it, it was so bad that uh, that McCaffrey couldn't play him in the second half. Right. Which, credit to Fran, because there's been plenty of times guys have struggled, uh-huh. and he keeps going to the well. He was unplayable. Does yeah, that- this change the two the the lack of depth? Mm-hmm. Does this change how he'll handle fouls in the first twenty minutes? You would think if there was ever a time it has to, and especially with Garza, uh-huh. you have to gamble that almost. This, right? This has to be it. Trent, sadly, there's going to be a time or two during the season that this happens that he yeah. gets saddled with a couple of early fouls. He'll get caught for yes. one of those hooks. Mm-hmm. He'll get one of those elbows that he likes to use, and the offensive foul and the tweet will come and. Garza's to the bench, and that's the thing. That happens in the first five, six, seven minutes of a half. The thing that annoys me about it is these hard and fast rules. And this is across sports. This is across lines. I don't like coaches that are, this is the way it has to be every single time, because every game is different. And you're looking at teams making a run, and your best player sitting on the bench because of some arbitrary rule that you believed in from the 1970s? Come on. Mm-hmm. Let, your team is going to lose the game if you don't play that guy. Play that guy. If he gets third foul, you'll deal with it then. But you have to figure it out in the here and now instead of being down 12 points at the half. That's the thing that really annoys me with Fran every single time going that route. Well, we'll see. A new, I want to call it a new era. Certainly a, a new uh, uh, aspect of the season starts tomorrow night as they go forward without J-Bo now. He's had his surgery yesterday morning, I guess, right? Right. Sounded like uh, the, you know, the, the release that was uh, put out was, was a success. So we'll uh, wish him the best. And boy, oh boy, the recovery and the rehab that this kid has gone through, right? Jeez. This the, the 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 games that he was uh, able to play was I mean it was a just reward for doing what he did to right. you know to you put in all that work you'd like to get a little bit of a payoff so you know for in his case good that he did wasn't the same player still really good don't get me wrong but uh, his shooting wasn't what uh, we're used to with him and you know fingers crossed he can come back and have a uh, a healthy senior season. Yeah, and 20 and 21. That sounds crazy, 20 and 21. You know, I was thinking about this driving home the other day. You remember 20 years ago, well, like next week, right? Mm-hmm. The third. Do you remember the big talking point? Remember the gloom oh, and Oh, yeah. Doom? Y2K. Y2K. Trent, Y2K was 20 years ago. 
Think about that. Computer's going to blow up. Everything's uh, gone. Your money's gone. Everything. Did Remember you take, that? Did you take all your money out of no. your bank account? Of course not. <laughs> well, it wouldn't have been much to take out at the time. Of, um, I was in college. Yeah, there, there yeah. was like 18 cents. I'm like, eh, I'll let it ride. Right. I was paying child, and I'm not begrudging it. I'm not. But it's, 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 yeah. it's saddles you. And again, that's not. You have to, guys. Yeah. Uh, if uh, if those are the circumstances you've put yourself in or find yourself in, uh, but no, um, it was it's it's twenty years since then. Yeah, where did you celebrate the uh, the new millennium? Where, where I always do at home. Uh huh. You did go out? No, come on. Even twenty years ago. See, no. I, I figured twenty years ago you're good to go. I haven't gone out since I moved from Denver. <laughs> I uh, in was, the early nineties. I, I was talking to somebody last night. They're mentioning you. Yeah, and they. Really want to learn how to read a, a racing forum. Oh, good. well, I'm their guy. I'd love to. T- I wish there was more people like them. Well, I said, here's the problem. You have to get Ken, because I don't think you're going to invite a random person into your house. Well, if you'll, if you'll come over and fix me up with ESPN+, Plus, <laughs> we can do bring that your buddy, and, okay. I, and I'll teach your buddy how to read a forum while you're hooking me up with, because that's two weeks, three weeks away that the clones in Kansas, what do they call it, ESPN+, Plus or ESPN, yeah. 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 We gotta have it. We gotta have it. All right, we'll work on it. We'll, right. we'll get that That's set up. That's a deal. You set that up, for Chris. Me? You hear that? He's very excited in, right Chris. now. He I'm listens in. every day, and he is pumped up. I can hear him. How old a guy is Chris? My age, okay, mid thirties, early forties, right in that range. Yeah. I wish. Um, I hope. Chris, does Chris have kids? I'm not sure. Well, maybe Chris can pass it on to because that that's what's being passed. Uh, that's yeah. what's not happening. I mean, I learned to read the racing form from my grandpa, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people my age, it was passed down. It doesn't happen anymore. That's one of the reasons the sport is struggling so much. All right, Kenny White coming up here in a couple of minutes. Uh, NFL games tomorrow. Is the one betting wise you like better? I don't have a strong opinion on any of them. See, I've got one. Is it, are you going back to the well with your bucks? No, I'm going against them. What? Yes, I'm going against them. Both of the starting receivers are out. They are. And Houston needs this game. That's but a big spot for Perryman Houston. had a monster performance yes, himself, though. I know. I last know. Last week. And yeah, they the still Bucks. got Brate, right? Yeah. yeah OJ Howard. Mm-hmm. They'll find a way. It's yeah, James. What was OJ Howard? Is he 19th overall? Is I that think? what it was? I think, and I don't know if he's. He hasn't lived up to that. I don't think he has, has no. he? You know who started, and I was really critical of him. <laughs> you know, my Bronco fandom. Ah, no, no fans no turned a corner. Yeah. I mean, he really struggled. This just wasn't me. If you watch the Broncos play, I mean, you saw firsthand he couldn't catch. And you have to at that level. But boy, oh boy. Um, and maybe, you know, guys are like this, right? They don't all, you've all got different learning curves. Mm-hmm. And fans been banged up a lot in the last couple of weeks. But you know what? And playing through it? And playing through it, yeah. I think they got something there. Yes. I think they got some. In fact. And on the other side, Hawkinson has been. I was going to say, Trent, if you had to buy stock in one of them, I think you could buy. you. you, The the Hawkinson stock was way overpriced. You can get it a little cheaper now, but you should grab the fan stock because I think he's starting to come on. I really do. All right. So so we got three NFL games tomorrow. We'll do some bowl stuff with uh, Kenny White. If you're playing the Bahamas Bowl. And I know some of you are. I guess the weather in paradise is just awful. I mean, blustery winds. 30 mile an hour? Are they 30 plus mile an hour and maybe rain in there? So uh, the total has dropped like six points in the last 24 hours. And people started to realize just how gloomy this weather forecast uh, was was going to be. So uh, for what it's worth, and then tonight, Kent State and Utah State, before we get a whole bunch of them tomorrow, I think the biggest of the games is uh, is the Las Vegas Bowl. 
I think it stands out above the others. Boise State and Washington. Chris Peterson, as you mentioned, Trent, that'll be his final game. So why is he walking away? Is it just fatigue? Or I guess it, it, it's so odd. This is a guy that took, he's one of the team guys that has taken kind of out of the blue a team to the college football playoff. It's been all pretty mm-hmm. much blue bloods. Mm-hmm. Washington's the one that you kind of look at and say, oh yeah, they did get there. People have said, I, I was reading, it was Stuart Mandel at The Athletic, that he is a guy that is incredibly bright. Not mm-hmm. just bright for a football coach, but bright. That he could be a CEO of a huge company. He has many other interests outside of football, and it very well could just be that. He wants to try something else. Was he in his 50s? Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I was probably early 50s, maybe. Yeah. So, got another decade left. Mm-hmm. Want to try something different, do something else. Or could just be burnout. I think that's probably, but and this year's team disappointed. Oh, Trent, they're way. seven and five for crying yes. out loud! Mo- a lot of folks picked them to represent the Pac-12. Yeah. A lot of people thought. I mean, they're they a preseason top fifteen. Yeah, Easton's never been the. guy. I mean, no. he's never taken those steps, has he? Mm-mm. I don't think. No, they could run the ball pretty well. The, what Ahmad, their running back, is mm-hmm. a good player, but for whatever reason, that defense just wasn't quite up to snuff. And you go seven and five in the Pac-12. That kind of talent. So so let me let me ask you from a betting's perspective on this is, is this one of the is is this a rally around your coach win one for the Gipper See, I think it is if I, I had it, to make a bet and that's the number's only three and a half right and and it's three at some spots too is it you know the Boise team I, I watched quite a bit of Boise this year it was mm-hmm. never wow this team's really good no but they were really solid. solid yes solid. yes this isn't the most talented Boise no. team anything like that no. This, like many bowl games, comes down to motivation. Mm-hmm. Washington, I think they will disappointing be. a year. They just pack it in. Hey, our coach is leaving us. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, let, let's go. Let's go party in Vegas, and we'll come back to Seattle afterwards and and deal with the rain for the next three hundred and sixty five days. Yeah, last uh, game at Sam Boyd Stadium, and they'll move that to uh, downtown. Boise State was twelve and one. I mean, come on, right? That's a twelve and one football team. That's pretty impressive. It gets your attention going up against a Pac twelve. We've seen it before. Ah, uh, three and a half is the number. I just, I just got to think that they're going to rally around Peterson. That's the angle I'm going to take on this game. In fact, I'm going to make it a part of my pick. So tomorrow is pretty good, darn good day. And then of course Sunday, full slate of NFL games. What's left of them? Monday night it will come and culminate the final Monday nighter of the season. Uh, the Packers and the Vikings. I don't know which way to go, and I won't put it in my picks. But I think that this. Um, I think the Vikings are a better team, and I also am convinced that it's not going to matter what happens on Monday night. Well, it will be if the Packers win. Then we know definitively that the Vikings are out. Trent, I can't find a path. Winning on Monday night or not winning on Monday night, I cannot find a path for Minnesota to avoid that six seed. I just think they're locked. They're locked in there because you don't see the Lions beating Green Bay, and that's what would have to happen I, I coupled with the victory. I mean, Trent, the Lions have lost, what, seven or eight? I'm holding out hope that they find a way to beat Denver this weekend and Locke plays well, but there's no way in hell that's going to happen. There's no way. <laughs> uh, you're, you're rooting. This has been all season long with your Broncos. Yeah, I've gone back and forth. I've been on the Locke bandwagon you have a couple been. of starts. I, I like this kid. Um, at least, you know, so far so good, but... But the the week after, there's no way that the Packers are going to be upset by the Lions. You wouldn't think so. Where is that game? I don't know. It's in Detroit. Okay, I'm looking at the Lions schedule right now, so that at least is a small mm. little Green Bay. They've had some ugly performances. That Chargers, mm-hmm. especially the first three quarters. Oh, I don't. That was a head scratcher. I mean, they they looked as bad as you can look for a team that's a playoff team uh-huh. in that game. It's going to happen over the course of the season. 
most everybody has those kind of clunkers. Well, but. yeah, San Fran got beat by Atlanta last week. Right, right? At, kind home. Of under, at home, right? Yeah. You know, coming off that back-to-back-to-back, that three-game, that daunting uh, schedule that they had. But um, I, I don't know. I just I can't find a way to – they're going to get New Orleans. You know, good luck. luck. And, and then if you beat them, you're going to get whoever wins the, wins the NFC, which I think is going to be San Francisco. But if it's not them, it's Seattle. And then mm-hmm. you're going to have to go to one of those. Good luck. And then if you get past them, you're going to take on whoever survives. I on the road. On the road. Because you you have no choice. You're the six. The home games are done. I love the talent of this team. But Kirk Cousins winning three straight road games. Yeah. I mean, tough to say, right? Tough to ask. That's he's 0-8 Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. We know the primetime record is not good. No. You can blame that at some of his time in Washington. But it hasn't been great mm-hmm. in Minnesota either. So... I think even as much as I like this team and the way they're constructed, you could see that Packers team making that run. You could see those Giants teams that did it three straight. Yeah. Well, they, they, here's, here's the, the good news for the Packers. They, one of the games is going to be at Lambeau, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to get a, a game, at, at least a game uh, at Lambeau Field, and potentially two if indeed the one seed is knocked off. I don't know. We, we'll see. Might have a rematch here in Wild Card Weekend well, could, could in we, Lambeau. Could, yeah. they, could they fall to three? Is it more likely yes. that they fall to three? It's, it's, it's more likely they fall to three than, than clearly the Vikings move anywhere but six. Mm-hmm. Yes. So a rematch in... Yeah. You like it? I do. I do. That means one of the two survives. At least one gets to the one, divisional one round. One gets to the divisionals. For us. Then take on the two seat. All right. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Kansas City will still be alive. I think. You think? I think. We've seen some Kansas City teams not stumble out of the... Uh, the Titans a couple years ago. I know. It's, that was a mind-numbingly bad. All right, we're going to get Dylan Monson here. doesn't look like Kenny White is going to be able to join us. That's disappointing. Uh, we had him earlier in the week, but had to change some plans. Uh, when we shuffle some things around. Uh, so we won't get him this week. Hopefully next week we'll get him. He's been very good to us throughout the regular season, uh, but uh, nonetheless. So Dylan Mons is coming up. We'll get into Iowa State. Uh, I know that Dylan is heading out to Orlando on Sunday. The team leaves on Monday. Uh, the signing day press conference. I'm sure that the boys had an opportunity to ask some questions other than just signing related. I think both teams are pretty happy with their class from what I'm reading. And again, recruiting is I just something has to give, right? Recruiting has never, um, you know, been on front street for me, but by the sounds of things, both schools did pretty well as far as where they're ranked in their respective conferences. Yeah, you kind of compare it to where they normally are, and that's really what it is. You kind of Everybody has their level of recruiting, and there's not a whole lot of variation over the course of the season. But Iowa finished, what, 29th in the country in the rivals' ratings. They're normally in that upper 30s to low 40s range. So they, so they, uh, surpass So where would they be? Um, Teams one through twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. I'm not assuming one or you know the top ten. But what about other Big Ten schools? Big Ten West in particular. Uh, Wisconsin do well. Did Fleck do well based on this past year that he had? Nebraska, I guess Scott Frost had a pretty good class. Wisconsin and Minnesota both behind them. Okay, thirty-second uh, and thirty-third respectively. Purdue two spots ahead at twenty-seventh. Maryland Purdue is really yeah twenty-six for Maryland. Uh, let's 26 see. Twenty six from Loxley's got the twenty sixth ranked. Oh, he class. can recruit. Can't coach worth a crap. Boy, I wouldn't have guessed that in a million oh, years. Yeah. Well, a ton of talent there. He's always been a great recruiter. Uh-huh. That's always been his mo. Nebraska at eighteen. All right. 
So a little talent there for Frosty the coach man. Mm-hmm. Penn State of 14. Well, as we read in that piece early in the week, it worked out well that Iowa beat them and prevented them well, yes. from going bowling yeah, because the coaches were then able yeah. to focus uh, solely on recruiting and not have to worry about this you know, uh, middle-of-the-pack bowl game that Iowa was going to. I can't uh. believe that piece. I can't remember who wrote it, but uh, I'm probably better off that I don't. All right, we'll get a timeout. Uh, you got something else? Well, Iowa State 39th in the rivals' rankings. Okay. Two Big 12 teams just in front of them, 37-38. TCU at 37. Okay. Kansas at 30. Miles doing some business. Now, you got huh? 25 commits compared to the 21, and that also matters mm-hmm. in the rankings there. But a little bit surprising to see the Jayhawks up there in the 30s. Where? What kind of class did Herman have? Mm. Did he fall? Did, did Texas fall because... 21st. There now, they only go. have 17 guys. But that that's got to be down from previous yes, years, right? That's significantly? Yeah, I would think so. North Carolina up at 17. Look at Mac. Oh, Mac. Good for him. Yes. All right, we'll get a timeout. We'll come back. We'll talk to Dylan Montz on that recruiting class uh, and uh, on what lies ahead one week from tomorrow, uh, 11 o'clock in the morning, ABC has it. Who did you say are the broadcasters? It's kind of Bob Vashusen. Vashusen, yeah. And Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky. Good remembrance. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk to Dylan Montz, Tom Caker coming up at 1045 Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 146. org. This is Iowa State Athletics Director Jamie Pollard, and you're listening to Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Hi, right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Dillamont's momentarily a little news since we've gone to break, Trent. Pursuant to the Hawkeye schedule next year, football wise, they're going to play on a Friday night. Don't like that? I'm in. You're the one. You're the one that likes this. Unfortunately, I work Friday nights. Oh, you do? You got high school football. Well, I, I hate you it. I absolutely hate it. No, I, I, get I, I want to go to alone. Minnesota. I'm not going to be able to. Right. It's all TV driven. I get it. That's what pays the bills. But I absolutely hate this. Did Bart have to agree to? Didn't when it first when this was first announced? Didn't the ads kind of have to opt in? Now it's right. not a home game. It's not a Kinnick. It's in the Twin Cities, as you mentioned. But did Bart have to opt in? If he did, bad work out of him. On the heels of the recall. game, you got a short week. It's it's now. Cyhawk week, right? The week, the week after, yeah, Oof. yeah. So you got a short week going into the Minnesota game. It's going to be a very good Minnesota team. We'll get into it more with Tom Caker, but I do not like this one on the surface. One I Friday, September the eighteenth. Uh, let's get Dylan Monson here. Dylan, he's on his way to the movies. Apparently, he is Star Wars. Uh, you going? No, I wouldn't. I couldn't care less. I, I haven't seen right any, any of them. Uh, Dylan, Trent, and Ken, how are you? Good to talk to you, Dylan Monson. You're, you're headed to the picture show, are you? Yeah, I'm a Star Wars guy. All right. It's something I grew up with. My my dad liked it. My brother liked it. It was just always kind of something we did. And then, um, yeah, I, I got to check it out because I can't go on the Internet without finding out. Spoilers. <laughs> so I got I to gotta get there kind of early. All right. Uh, good stuff. Well, Dylan, you're going to get to Orlando early, which is terrific. You'll be there when the team lands. Let's talk about the news from today, though, Dylan. Uh, the recruiting was not. Uh, over uh, as more news was made and uh, a receiver last name is Tampa who I guess 
Uh, Kirby Smart in Georgia came hard after uh, earlier in the week. In fact, Tuesday night, get put to full court press on Kirby Smart and the family. The uh, the Tampa family are on the phone, and I guess it caused the young man to, at the very least, and understandably so, it's Georgia, to sleep on the decision that he had made. Uh, But at the end of the day, he thought Iowa State was the best place for him, and he lived up to his commitment. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, he'd been a kid that had been committed for a little bit. And, um, you know, they had gone in and recruited him as an athlete because he can play both ways as a defensive back or a, um, or a wide receiver. But uh, the, the expectation was for him to sign. But then when, you know, Georgia starts uh, poking around, you're, you're going to have some pause there. Like you mentioned, is understandable. But, um, you know, he was the only kid uh, that had been committed to Iowa State that didn't sign on Wednesday. So he was kind of the one left out, and there was some initial thought that he would be um, maybe just signing in February with the potential that he could sign um, still before Saturday, which is the uh, the deadline for the early signing period. But, um, yeah, I think it was it was really big for the program to, to hold on him because the likes of Georgia and their, um, and, and their prowess. And then um, Xavier Hutchinson, too, they, they went in to beat Oklahoma for, or, you know, he had an Oklahoma offer, and, and they kept him. So, a couple big programs that they were able to hold on to recruits for, and um, Tampa was just the latest example. So I was looking, Dylan, at the rivals' rankings, the uh, two highest-ranked guys in the class. One of them, a guy that we talked about, Juco, that they got recent, uh, recently, defensive tackle in uh, Bankston. But the other guy that's ranked that high is Tyler Miller, kid from right by Ames, Jefferson kid, Huge, six foot eight, two ninety. Had some really nice offers coming out, but stayed close to home there in Ames. What can you tell us about the big man, Tyler Miller? Yeah, he uh, he had played for uh, Mitch Moore, who was a uh, former Iowa oh, sure. for a, yeah. a couple years ago at Green County. Mitch Moore now, obviously at Roosevelt, uh, Roosevelt, yeah. and, and doing a nice job with that program there. But uh, Tyler Miller, like you mentioned, really big body, uh, something you can't teach. But I think. Um, he's he's a kid that has just continued to blossom, and um, certainly was important for Iowa State to get him being an in-state kid, kind of uh, having to be down the road, uh, you know, uh, finding a way to to kind of um, you know strengthen those relationships there within the state, and then getting a kid of like that on the offensive line, you know, the position of need obviously going forward. So a really really nice kid for them, and uh, you know, a kid I know that they were excited about. Matt Campbell brought him up specifically along with Brady Peterson from Ankeny um, as, as kids that are going to help the offensive line down the road. Interesting. Uh, we're talking with Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune. Uh, Dylan flies out uh, on Sunday. We'll be in Orlando on Monday when the t- when the team arrives. You know, as I go over Notre Dame's schedule, sure, the two losses. The Georgia game was close. Uh, they had a chance at the end of the football game. That wasn't the case against Michigan. Michigan just you know took him to the wedge to the woodshed in just a horrible conditions, rainy, miserable. As I look back at this thing and, and try to find. You know, games that uh, that jump off after watching Navy and Malcolm Perry, what he did in such a, a a tremendous talent. Sure, they don't throw the ball around, but they pounded Navy. They beat them by four touchdowns uh, earlier this year. Robert, what was that? Early Feb- uh, mid November, somewhere around there. This is a good Notre Dame team, uh, Dylan. I'm sure that that clearly has the coach's attention. Uh, we know Book obviously, and they got some receivers, and uh, in, in Claypool, uh, he uh, jumps off the page, but. But this is a really good Notre Dame team. What did Campbell say about what looks to be a very difficult matchup for Iowa State? Yeah, he called them, I think, maybe the most complete team that Iowa State's played this year. Um, and I think 
Yeah, you mentioned some of the skill position players and Ian Book being kind of a staple back there at quarterback, but he really talked about the offensive and defensive lines. And, um, you know, I even got to catch up with um, you know, Tony Manning and John Haycock for a couple minutes the other day, and they both talked about the Lions as well. And um, John Haycock mentioned that the offensive line looks a little bit like what Oklahoma from a couple years ago when they had um, all those seniors starting up front. It, it looks a little bit like that. Uh, they're just really, really big guys that move people around really well. Um, the, the Notre Dame running game hasn't um, exploded. I think they've had some injuries there, but they're really good in pass pro, and, um, and it sounds like they're getting a running back back for the, the bowl game. Here. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it all kind of starts there. And then the defensive line it plays a lot of four-man front. Um, a little bit of, uh, you know, probably looks more like a Big Ten team than a Big 12 team, just given the, the physicality and the linebacker stockiness and, and, and toughness and run fits and things like that. But uh, I think that's that's where the, the scouting is starting, is how to uh, go up against or combat um, some of those big guys uh, that are at the line of scrimmage. Expect to see uh, maybe an extra down lineman at times, bringing those safeties up a little bit more. Schematically, those are the kind of the simple changes, at least, you'd anticipate from the Iowa State defense? Yeah, I think so. It, it is a little bit more like maybe what you would see in, in the Iowa game. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of who else. Maybe Texas a little bit, uh, even though they – they have uh, lots of guys out on the perimeter at the skill positions. I think uh, you try to find ways to match up with them in front. And, um, you know, getting Greg Eisworth back is yeah. going to help in that. It just adds a little bit more reinforcement over the top. So I think that's probably um, uh, you know where the direction they're going to go as opposed to the more three down fronts and, and spread out. I think they're going to be a little bit more compact and, and have to be physical in this one. Uh, you mentioned Eisworth. Obviously, time is on his side trying to heal from this, and they haven't had. Uh, a game uh, in a while, which certainly helps his chances of uh, of healing. Have you heard? Is there off season surgery in his future, Dylan? Have, is is that? I mean, that's been I think whispered about, but is that still something that uh, that they expect is going to have to happen? Yeah, I haven't heard definitively. Um, and that might be something we can get at the bowl game, uh, or you know, leading up to the bowl game. Uh, Usually it feels like with shoulder injuries like that, the ones that have really lingered and, and caused you to miss time and just never seem to go away, there has to be some sort of clean up there. But I haven't heard one way or the other uh, for sure if, if that's the case. But um, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me. But, uh, you know, we'll kind of maybe gauge it a little bit better as we get closer. You know, Dylan, as you get ready for this matchup, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, a possibility of being the most people to ever watch Iowa State football. I mean, I don't think that's going to be lost on anybody, the opportunity that is here for this right. Cyclone program. And what a win against Notre Dame could do catapult to them into 2020. Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously it's important to go. Uh, you know, the, the importance of winning a bowl game is just kind of, I guess, whatever you want to make it. Um, you know, it can be a little bit of a springboard for the guys that, ret- that are returning, especially you know, given how many numbers Iowa State will bring back, how much numbers Iowa State will bring back next year. But, yeah, I think, um, you know, beating another 10-win team, uh, they did it two years ago against Memphis. They went toe-to-toe with Washington State, another 10-win team last year. Um, and, and the eyeballs of being on ABC and, you know, being in Florida, having seen one of four games on that day, um, it does maybe put you in a different conversation of, of visibility. People are going to be watching that game, the following that Notre Dame has. If you were to go win it, um, you know, it certainly can give you a lift in, in recruiting as well. Um, so I think, it, you know, if you lose the game, it, you know, it, it doesn't kill you. You can still kind of reset it. It was another bowl game. You still got in front of people. But 
if you um, if you go and win it, it does kind of maybe put you in another conversation and at least gives you some positive momentum going into the next year. Uh, did you guys have an opportunity at all to pick Campbell's brain regarding, uh, and I don't know how many practices they'd had prior to uh, to signing Dan, your opportunity to talk. Uh, some of the uh, the red shirts that, you know, there's always a couple of guys that have really good bowl practices um, leading leading up to leading up to the bowl game. Of course, they're not going to play in it, but they but they for whatever reason stick with this coaching staff and in throughout the off season as well. Did you have an opportunity to pick his brain on that at all? Yeah, a little bit. He and you know, I was wondering if he was going to give out any names. He's, he's been asked about that before, and he's been a little bit um, you know shy about divulging too much uh, in, in terms of names. But he did mention a few. He mentioned Darian Porter, the wide receiver from Baton North, who was. Uh, State record holder in the 400, really fast kid, long. Um, he, he did play in one game this year, but it sounds like he's really come on strong late. Um, Jirel Brock, who we've seen mm-hmm. a little bit, yep. not a surprise there that he would be a guy that was standing out. Um, Asheen Young, a safety, it's another guy that he had mentioned is kind of uh, is starting to to come into his own a little bit. Then Eric Horn and Corey Saddle, uh, linebacker and defensive end. Um, both of those guys have been floated around a little bit in name. During fall camp, but um, you know it sounds like they're they're really kind of standing out because uh, you know I think he he did only mention about those five or six names. So uh, those are probably the guys that have, have you know caught his attention the most. But um, he also mentioned the offensive line class and, and it, that maybe being the best group of offensive linemen that his staff has ever recruited, whether it was here or Toledo. So. Um, a handful of names to watch out for. Yeah, very encouraging. All right, Dylan. Last thing for you: you'll you'll be there. The team arrives on Monday. Will you? Well, we'll talk Monday about it. But will you? As far as scheduling, will you guys, the media, get an opportunity to see any practice, or will it just be you know business as not the whole practice, but maybe a few minutes? Or how will they handle that? Have they let you know yet? Yeah. So the the plan is um, they practice on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and the media is allowed in for maybe like the first fifteen minutes or so. So right. I don't know if we'll get to see much beyond stretching, but we'll be in um, in whatever practice venue they're at and um, and be able to catch a little bit and then um, have a couple interviews there. So there will be stuff throughout the week, hopefully, um, and then maybe a couple photo ops and, and things like that. Good stuff. Travel safe. We'll run you down on uh, Monday morning. Get the lay of the land for all those cyclones that will be getting on airplanes or jumping in cars uh, heading down to uh, see the Camping World Bowl uh, on uh, Saturday, the 28th at 11 o'clock Iowa time. Dylan, tra- uh, safe travels. Enjoy the movie. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. From the Clones to the Hawks, Tom Caker next. Trent and I are with you until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Cotton in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This uh, trend from Chad Leistikow's Twitter account, it's just been retweeted. From November of 2016, this is Gary Barty's quoting Barta. I think I will will end up playing two or three times on Friday nights over the five years, but only on the Labor Day weekend. Only on Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. Or I also saw something about if this was going to happen, you'd have a bye the week before, so it wouldn't be a short turnaround. Of course, that's not the case. Unbelievable. TV. 
TV dictates. Awful. Tom Awful. Caker joins the program. Tom Trenton, Ken, uh, compliments of the season, Tom Caker. When you heard the uh, news that the uh, Hawkeyes tilt with Minnesota next September has been moved from a Saturday to a Friday, short week after Cyhawk, an emotional week in the state, big week in the state. Um, your thoughts, Tom? Um, you kind of knew they were going to fall on one of these eventually. Um I, I, you know, my initial thought was it's going to screw up my weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my my initial thought because I usually get together with my friends up there on Friday night um, who live in the Twin Cities. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have to do some alternate planning for that. Uh, but other than that, you know, uh, you get to play it. You know, just go play it. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I, I do wonder if Minnesota maybe this is going to screw up some Iowa fans who go to high school games or mm-hmm. whatever, involved with high school athletics, uh, uh, going to screw them up from being able to go up there and, uh, you know, fill up the stands because there are always a lot of Iowa fans up there for that game. And maybe there won't be as many. And maybe that's part of uh, our friend Philip John Flex's uh, evil genius plan here. He's got it all figured out, doesn't he? Philip John. Oh, that guy. guy. Well, it's uh, certainly disappointing on a couple of different things, but the schedule, it is what it is. got to play the games when they're scheduled, and we know Hawkeyes will show up on Friday night. With that, uh, let's get into their next matchup, and that is USC Trojans team looking at the rivals' rankings. Uh, they're down there. Not a great offseason already for Clay Helton and company. Yeah, I you know the big reason is probably because everybody thought he was getting fired. Done. Yeah, dead man you know, walking. Just, and yeah, he was. You know, I don't think there's anybody. You know, mm-hmm. if there was a betting market on Clay Clay Helton <laughs> being the coach of uh, of uh, USC on uh, January first, twenty twenty, I I think it would have been pretty hard to to get good odds mm-hmm. that you know on that one. Uh, unless you were picking that he would be back because uh, you probably would have got plus thousand at least on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's back and, uh, did enough. And now we'll see if he survives past next year, uh, losing some of the talent that he's probably going to lose. Um, but they've, you know, Slovis kid came in there mm-hmm. after played well. Uh, JT Daniels went down and yep. threw really well. I mean, 28 touchdowns. 3,200 yards, and they play that air raid offense. And, and I'll say this, um, you know, Iowa has always been able to solve that that offense pretty well. Um, so they'll have a good game plan. Now, having said that, they're not, they haven't faced Pittman, the talent right. at receiver right. that USC has. I mean, it's different than playing Mike Leach's Texas Tech or anything else that they've seen. Um, so, that might be a bit of an equalizer. You know, Slovis is quite a story because you mentioned Daniels and he was going to be the guy and he replaced Matt Fink, who was the guy. And all of a sudden, here comes Slovis, the freshman, and he gets an opportunity. He's played really well, Tom. I think they've got something there. Maybe is that as much of a reason why Clay Helton is coming back? Do you know the relationship between Slovis and Helton? Is it strong? And maybe, yeah. I mean, you got a quarterback, you got a chance, right? And they've clearly got a quarterback in Slovis. Yeah, he's got a he's got a guy that can um, that can do things and played with a lot of confidence mm-hmm. for a you know a freshman just getting in there. Um, I will say this for 
since I know, uh, you know, some people like to wager on games, Clay Helton 0 and 3 in bowl games. So, um, keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, Tom, recruiting yesterday, we've we got to get a hit in here on this um, because it's, it's Rivals is, you know, one of their strengths over there. Uh, Trent just uh, early in the program um, uh, let us know there was the 29th ranked class, and that apparently Ver- the, uh, Fer- Ferentz and company did very well with this class. Give us a name or two, Tom, uh, that elevated this class to the position that they are. Um, well, I, I think you probably have to start with Deuce Hogan, the quarterback. Uh, you know, he's a four-star prospect. Georgia, schools like that were, were in on him. Uh, you know, we were joking with uh, Tyler Barnes, the director of recruiting, the other day. You know, what do you do when uh, Georgia shows up with a helicopter flying and landing at midfield, basically, uh, to try to uh, turn that kid uh, to Georgia? and just pray. He said he had a he had a uh, a nightmare that uh, that uh, they flipped him at the last minute, and you know, or, or that was uh, Lachey that he had the dream that they flipped him because they had gone through that with Ohio State before um, with uh, uh, last year with Justin Jacobs uh, and Lachey, obviously with his dad playing at Ohio State. That would have been tough, but. Uh, thankfully, he didn't uh, get that offer and didn't have that opportunity. Deontay Craig's another kid to watch, I think. Defensive end out of Indiana. Um, really has elevated uh, himself as a player. And he's he's really kind of raw right now, but, but he's got loads of potential. Really good athlete, basketball player, runs, jumps, quick first step. So that's a guy that uh, on the defensive side that I would, I would look at. And also Logan Jones, a uh, kid from Council Bluffs. Uh, I may have seen him in the state playoffs. He, he's a really good player. I think he's going to end up at defensive tackle, but he's just he, he's a tough, hard-nosed kid that uh, I think is going to be a solid player moving forward. Is there a guy or two that you look at that you think has a chance, maybe not a starter or anything, but at least a rotational player next season? Um, you know, i throw Jones in there maybe okay. a little bit. Um, I, I think Maybe we see a guy like Jay Higgins on special teams and mm-hmm. things like that, um, uh, just because it just seems to fit with what they do. Linebacker, tough kid. Um, but there's not any guys that really kind of jump off where there's going to be a position. Maybe Yelverton. I throw him in there. Elijah Yelverton, the tight end. Uh, he's coming on campus early. There's kind of a window of an opening there, you know, with uh, Nate Weeding uh, graduating. Uh, the position's young, so um, he can probably catch up pretty quickly. Uh, a kid who can really run, catch the ball, uh, he's going to have to pick up the blocking, but maybe he finds a role uh, early on. Uh, Life Without Bohannon begins tomorrow, 8 o'clock from Chicago, Cincinnati, Iowa. Uh, Big Ten Network's got it. Life Without Bohannon, Tom, what do you expect? It's going to be different. Um, you know, I, I I kind of made the case the other day that maybe the team kind of took off when Bohannon got put in the starting lineup. That's when they, you know, knocked off Texas Tech and kind of steadied the ship a little bit. You felt a little bit better about him. The thing they're going to miss about him, you know, they've had Frederick and they've got Wieskamp out there and, and Connor McCaffrey shot it better. But Bohannon, once he went past the, the half-court line, you had to be on him, Absolutely. and that opens up things for Luca Garza. It's tough to play zone against Iowa. It's tough to double against Iowa because of the shooters when you had Bohannon out there. 
Um, now you can probably guard Luca a little bit different. I, I would expect that Joe Toussaint is going to be in the starting lineup now. Um, just kind of makes sense. They'd stick with that lineup. Plus, you don't know what you're getting with Cordell right now. You just don't. He hasn't he played 21 minutes the last three games, didn't get off the bench in the second half against Iowa State, had that back issue that he just doesn't look right. And so you can't really put Creener or Pemsel in there at a power forward position right now in the starting lineup because they've only got three bigs. So, um, you know, it's going to be a different lineup. But uh, uh, the other thing I'll say, though, I think Toussaint makes them better defensively. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's going to help him on that end of the floor. All right, Tom, we'll let you go with this. Make your call sight unseen what this team looks like without Jordan Bohannon as Iowa NCAA tournament team come mar- the middle of March. Uh, good question. <laughs> I like putting you on the spot. Tom. I want to have a go. give us a good answer, Tom. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they uh, are. Yeah. I, think I, I think they're going to struggle um, at times. I, I just. I think they'll get close. I do think they'll get close this next stretch of like nine games. There's, uh, you know, Ken Palm has them winning uh, eight of their next nine games. They so, do that. Um, yeah. So then they they could be sitting at like sixteen and four, and, and then the know, Fran fade. It's comes. hard to see them now. Fran yeah, fade. and then you have the Fran fade. <laughs> you got the Fran fade in February and March. Oh, you guys are killing me. Uh, good stuff, Tom. Thank you. Travel safe. We'll talk to you on game day next week if your schedule allows, and our fingers are crossed yeah. that it does. Thank you, Tom. Absolutely. Talk to you guys next Merry week. Merry Christmas, Tom. Good to talk to you. Uh, Tom Kakert, uh, HawkeyeReport.com. Uh, NFL hit coming up next. We will hear from Nick Athen on the Chiefs and Jeff Hughes. On the Bears, Miller and Condon until noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNL.